Help indeed is what we need. Our students, their families, our teachers, admin, district personnel, we're all going back to school with COVID. We need help. Help is what we need. You're listening to Let's Chew the Gum. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Let's Chew the Gum. I'm your host, Protocol. We talk a lot about a lot of things in this show while we chew the gum. And just like every show, we always have something for your mind. Welcome back to this latest edition of Let's Chew the Gum, the podcast where we talk about everything from A to Z while we chew the gum. It's a great honor to be here today with my guest. Uh, very, um, I would say, not just an influential person, but an all around good guy who, who really has the well-being of our students and, and our teachers here in California in mind. My guest today is none other than CTA Vice President David Goldberg, who has been serving our students for over 20 years and our teachers as a teacher. And now, as I stated, Vice President of the California Teachers Association. Welcome, Mr. Goldberg. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm doing OK. As I say life in America, getting through this. Uh, and I'm happy to be here and talking with you tonight. I've always appreciated your perspective on stuff. So thank you for the invite. No, I, I appreciate that, man. It definitely has, has been a pleasure to you know work alongside of you on some various campaigns throughout the years and, and now to have you here to you know, talk about this this uh, very pertinent topic of returning to schools during COVID. Um, there are so many perspectives, and and so many folks have uh, varied inputs, as as it should be, because as you know, it's um it's a, a pandemic first of all, so everyone's affected, and even before COVID, um, we all have different perspectives, approaches, and different realities in the ways that we go about life, living life, adjusting to life, and and then translating all of that into uh, systems that um, are not not always amenable to everyone. And so um, as educational leaders, you know, sometimes or often it's upon us to, you know, provide directives and, and uh, some sense of clarity as to what's going on and, and to really in a socially just way make those entry points amenable to all students. So again, I thank you for being here. Thank you. I appreciate it. So th this uh, last two episodes, I had a uh, guest on who were teachers and parents, and, and we discussed going back to school with COVID more in a with a question mark at the end, really, because there were so many people that were uh, still reeling from the effects of COVID, whether it was 
personal to them in terms of how it affected their family's health or um, socioeconomic issues, if it affected the income um, and, and just the transition from not being in school so long to now going back and having to readjust schedules and making sure their children were safe. And, and there were many concerns about safety. Um, so I know no one has the answer, but how have how have you seen or how have you experienced the, the you know, as the CTA vice president, the from an Eagles eye view, how have you seen LEAs or school districts respond to the needs of families? Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, I think we have to acknowledge first and foremost that this pandemic has exposed some uh, some things that have been in our society for a very long time, right? Have exposed some, first of all, some deep, deep uh, underfunding and disinvestments in social services, in healthcare, right? Uh, and in public education as well. Partly what makes uh, thinking about when you talk about people being afraid to go back to school, partly what makes it so scary for folks is that the conditions under which our schools operate um, are not, you know, struggle during good times. <laughs> uh, and then when pandemics happen, make it even harder. Uh, some of the most basic needs are not met at our school in terms of, you know, filtration systems that are out of whack in terms of overcrowded classrooms, you know, you run the all kinds of stuff that makes folks more vulnerable. And then you can add on top of that, uh, again, uh, kids come to schools or uh, where folks at, during these last few months have been hungry and they're without health care. Uh, and that just makes the need for schools uh, that more important. So I understand the push to get back kids back in school to connect with each other. Um, it's just, uh, it also, but I, I also hear educators worried, right? Um, and so I think uh, this pandemic has shown us, uh, I guess, in a big picture across the state, uh, the need for more funding, the need for more investment in education and infrastructure, but not just education, but healthcare, all kinds of, um, you know, I think, you know, we later will also discuss what's going on in particulars around um, vaccinations, right? And that's that's an important issue too that I think we're gonna have to tackle is that we, you know, some of our communities are still, you know, unvaccinated. Some young kids are unvaccinated and go, heading back to school. Um, that makes this a scary thing, right? If Because, you know, kids under certain age, under 12, I believe, are still not even able to get vaccinated. And then we still have big pockets of folks, either through misinformation or uh, uh, who still are also unvaccinated. And that's something we've got to really work to work on. Because this, this pandemic is really, right now, in this country, at least, a pandemic of unvaccinated folks that is just spreading because of that. And, and uh, it's something we got to take care of. Yeah, you bring up a lot of great points, a lot of valid points. You know, as you said, it has really pulled the shades back on a lot of what lies beneath or behind, you know, the veil of what some folks may call normalcy. And, and it's really forced individuals to to take a look and and to ask hard questions and and do the hard task of uh, hopefully bringing equity and services that students and families need wraparound services you you talked about uh the schools themselves with with uh uh, systems that aren't aren't up to date for ventilation and, and air filtration right and so definitely the funding is there and i know oftentimes you know you 
hear individuals talking about we need more funding, we need more funding. And I think this pandemic in many ways has shown people that it's not just a mantra or a call for money, but these things are necessary if we're going to take care of the students and the teachers that attend these schools. As you mentioned, health care, just just going to school. It's not so simple as just walking in the door. There are many things to consider. You talked about the, the student families and the experiences that they've had, whether it's been hunger or loss of life or other situations that uh, that create trauma. Right. And, and so before we even can talk about um, getting back to what's been quoted as normal, right? We, we need to attend to these issues that our families are facing. And, and I know that you know this, but, but students that come to school hungry or are living with other types of trauma, it's very difficult for them to be able to focus in and for teachers to really get a, a real perspective or insight as to what these students are capable of, you know, had they not been in those situations. And further, you know, many teachers are not always aware and not just teachers, but administrators, I'd say schools as a whole. You know, we, we generalize and we, sometimes we know that uh, impoverished communities exist and, and students have trauma, but it, it's, it's become so revealing during this time. And, and I, I hope, you know, I, I like to shine positive lights whenever I can. I hope that this is an opportunity that we have to really rethink about our schools and, and to restructure and, and to reimagine the way that we go about delivering those services. Yeah, I, I do as well. I mean, let me just first of all speak to the need. Uh, my district, uh, LA Unified, just passed the marker of having provided 100 million meals during this pandemic. Wow. I mean, that was a lifeline for students and their families, right? That was incredible. That was something that, you know, and that and that's beautiful. And it also calls the question, why is it that schools are being called on to keep families alive? The most basic need, you know? Again, uh, schools are called on to do so much and we need to step in. It's beautiful to acknowledge it. But we also got to ask the question, what's going on in our society that so many people are hungry? And, and as you said, coming to school uh, with needs that, that are met. I think... Um, just on the positive note, again, as you framed it, keeping the positive, there's also we're seeing by reimagining schools, we're seeing um, the governor Newsom now is, is in the legislature has now uh, is voted to give the single biggest investments in, in community schools in the history of this nation, $3 billion. That is huge. That is something that we have to work on. That is something we have to develop. And we have to develop it. And, and again, the idea of the answer also develop not just a narrow vision of what community schools means, but the most broad analysis of what community schools mean. It means wraparound services, like you says. It also means a curriculum that meets the needs of our students. It means democratically controlled and run schools where the educators and the, and the parents and the community and the principals and the administrators all collectively run these schools in a way that meets the needs of our students. So I think you're right. There is a moment to reimagine schools right now. Um, but I guess I also want to be frank and say that there's also, uh, that, you know, there's also a pushback. And we see that right now. Uh, some of the folks who are running around the recall of Governor Newsom uh, are running about pushing back on that, <laughs> are running quite honestly about saying they want to disinvest in public education. They want it that, that these safeguards that we took or just pandering to unions or pandering to teachers 
rather than saying we're keeping our students and our communities alive and healthy. So I think we should also be, uh, be cognizant that this is not a neutral uh, space under which we're moving. While there's openings, there's also folks, and we see them, you know, like I said, specifically politically now as being marshaled around around this recall of Newsom, uh, that are actually trying to take us back, take us back to another era <laughs> uh, and continue the disinvestment, to continue the attacks on our communities, our educators and our unions, rather than uh, a more uh, beautiful vision of working together during this pandemic and beyond. Sure. You know, when when you speak of that, to me, it's unconscionable that anyone, I, I just can't imagine a reason uh, legitimate enough to uh, think about not investing in schools and, and to frame it as as a power of money grabbed by unions. We're, t- we're talking about our, our most prized resources, our, our students. We're talking about our communities. Right. We're talking about people in need. And, and, it's, and it's evident and and the fact that that some individuals don't care about that, uh, there, there used to be a song by by uh, Sting, and he would say, "I hope the Russians love their children too." Right. So I hope anyone that that may be seen as an adversary, you know, when it comes to our resources, our, our children, there there needs to be, and you would think that there would be some common ground on that. We're talking about, I think, a matter of national security. You know, some folks who may oppose this, you know. Uh, something they may tout as national security. Well, this is a, a national security issue. If our children aren't uh, protected, if our children aren't educated, if our children aren't safe, if our children aren't aren't afforded opportunities to, you know, excel and advance in education, where does that leave us? And and um, for those that have some type of agenda that would be against that, you know, I, I should use this phrase a lot when I when I just can't understand it. To me, it's criminal. Um, to, to, to do so. Um, obviously, there are some individuals, you know, we, we've known about digital divides. We've known about economic disparities. And, and I can only think that there are some individuals that have uh, enough resources, I, I imagine, for themselves. And I, I don't know if they ever feel that way, but that it's not a concern of them. Like that's a that's a, a, a them problem. That's a, a they problem. Right. And some individuals who have who are in these positions sometimes have the mindset that somehow they, they got there on their own or, you know, there was no, no work involved or, or no one sacrificed or, or, or fed into those dreams and that they had to get there. Um, you know, I, but I firmly believe that, you know, it is my responsibility to, to make sure that my neighbor is okay. I, I just believe that if my neighbor is okay, I'm okay. I firmly believe that, that we all really want at the core, the same thing. We all want safe schools. We all want decent housing, clean water, right? Good food. Uh, we all want that. And I don't know how some can want that for themselves and not afford that to others. So when you talk about the, the pushback, I, I just I hope folks that that are taking that stance would do a little, little bit more research and, and understand what it is they're actually pushing back against and understand where it is that things can where things can go badly for everyone if we don't attend to these needs these community schools that you talk about these democratically run uh, educational systems this is something that that should have always been 
right? We're, we're in, in, in communities where people have needs and, and they know their needs and, and it should be democratically run where people can come together, assess and analyze what's needed and necessary and find the best ways to be able to deliver those services so our communities can be sustained. Right, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think when you talk about our children, I think, and how people can can see, you know, they can't see to take care of our children. I think sometimes the hour may be different, right? Right. <laughs> uh, and I think I think we have to still see, uh, you know, we have to still work through that. There are a lot of things that divide us, you know, class and race, you know, uh, all, you know, status, immigration status. Where these conversations are happening in a moment where uh, folks are very uh, unmoored, right? People are uh, disconnected and uh, are acting in a way, and it's being flamed, it's being fanned, you know, and, it's, and people have invested interest in having that disconnection. And that's something we got to continue to work through. I mean, it's imperative. Uh, we have to. <laughs> And yet sometimes, you know, it seems like this pandemic is exposing that too, you know, around, around we, I saw schools today, you know, in San Ramon Valley up north. These parents are standing out, taking note, trying to take over the school board meeting around this mask issue, right? <laughs> uh, you know, thinking very, using this whole pandemic as a way to push a political ideology and agenda rather than how do we take care of all of us? How do we take care of all of our students, our educators, our, our community? Um, so, you know, whenever people frame it just as individual rights, as opposed to also thinking around the collective good of all of us, all right. we're going to have challenges as a society as a whole, but also in public education in general. Absolutely. I, I've, I've had that conversation with folks about, you know, feeling as if it was somehow infringing on their rights. And, and I just, you know, I, I try to listen even to those who oppose the, or who are adversarial to that just to, because I want to know what, what drives that thought, what makes you feel that way. And oftentimes, and unfortunately it's baseless. Um, it's, it's because of demagoguery it's because someone is, is fanning fanning those flames and, and and sometimes people are not always informed and so I, i've had conversations where i just asked i said well you know when you go to a stop sign or a stop light do you stop for others right and so sometimes you know we give up some of our individual i don't even want to say freedoms our individual prerogatives so for the safety of others you know, sometimes I'm at a stoplight and, and there's not a car in sight, but I still stay there because I'm still looking out for those that may come across. I'm still respecting and observing the right. So that's a, a small, small, very small, it's not even an infringement, just a, a very small. I don't even want to call it a sacrifice. It's a consideration. It's a courtesy to others. Right. So I was telling someone when when things first came around with 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 the uh, pandemic, I would feel like I was okay at home. I, I knew I wasn't out and exposed to others. Pretty healthy. I felt safe at times, but I masked up because of, of, of out of consideration for others. Because was was could be a chance that I wasn't, but I wouldn't want to put that upon some someone else just because I want yeah. to be a certain way. And so I think when we look at it from a, a human perspective, oh my goodness, we, we're human beings, and and. Yeah. <laughs> 
it, it again, it's just unimaginable. Some of the conversations that I find myself having and some of the the discussions I'm, I'm really having to navigate and, and, and to ensure to the best of my ability that, you know, common sense and equity prevail and, and not misinformation and and people uh, or individuals just reacting or responding to, again, folks that have an agenda, folks that have an agenda and they and they use issues like this to play upon the senses and, and emotions of others. Right. This is the, the whole the Martians are coming. Someone's coming to take what you have. Right. And it's easy to sometimes blame those that that don't look like you I often you know would have these conversations or, or interactions with folks um whether it was uh, uh disagreements in communities or god forbid race riots or whatnot and ju- just to get folks to sit down to understand and talk about what are we what are we divided over what what is this that we're divided over and more often than not there was never really a legitimate or a an answer that was worthy of the division. But what we discovered is it was resources. Like most people wanted resources. They're fighting over resources in those situations. Right. And, and what they were made to feel was that somehow they were not getting their fair share somehow. And somehow, you know, the easiest thing to do in those situations is to blame the person or the people that don't look like you. And when you have people in certain positions of power that benefit from the division of people, and they are they're OK. They're OK where they are. But let me see how I can divide them over there to keep them occupied, keep them disjointed while that is an advantage for me. Right. Because if we're not working together, like we talked about, we need to be working together. These are California schools. These are California students. Right. We need to work together to ensure to the best of our ability that that we are prepared and that they're safe. Right. I, I just again, it. I'm really not ever at a loss for words, but these things are so perplexing and it's it's so much. It seems so easy to just appeal to the consciousness of folks and they would do the right thing. But again, you continually have this other mechanism that churns to try to disavow that common sense or try to replace that common sense with with some type of rhetoric to the contrary. Yeah. We, we have an, an ambulance there. So I wanted to, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, that's a great point to take a break. We'll, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come right back. You're listening to Let's Chew the Gum, the podcast where we talk about everything from A to Z while we chew the gum. My special guest is CTA Vice President David Goldberg. We'll be right back. On Watch TV is the new and highly anticipated streaming channel on Roku and Amazon Fire Stick. On Watch TV is dedicated to bringing you a variety of lively and entertaining original content. Tune in to browse for music, comedy, drama, lifestyle, live events, documentary, and more. Premiering on Roku and Amazon Fire Stick, August 21st, 2021. Tune in. 
wasn't out and exposed to others. Pretty healthy. I felt safe at times, but I masked up because of of, um, out of consideration for others because was was could be a chance that I wasn't. But I wouldn't want to put that upon some someone else just because I want to be a certain way. And so I think when we look at it from a a human perspective, oh, my goodness, we're human beings. And and it, it again, it's just unimaginable. Some of the conversations that I find myself having and some of the the discussions I'm I'm really having to navigate and, and, and to ensure to the best of my ability that, you know, common sense and equity prevail and, and not misinformation and and people uh, or individuals just reacting or responding to, again, folks that have an agenda folks that have an agenda and they and they use issues like this to play upon the senses and, and emotions of others. Right. This is the, the whole the Martians are coming. Someone's coming to take what you have. Right. And it's easy to sometimes blame those that that don't look like you. I, I often, you know, would have these conversations or, or interactions with folks, um, whether it was uh, uh, disagreements in communities or God forbid, race riots or whatnot. And, and ju- just to get folks to sit down to understand and talk about what are we what are we divided over? What What is this that we're divided over? And more often than not, there was never really a legitimate or a an answer that was worthy of the division. But what we discovered is it was resources like most people wanted resources. They're fighting over resources in those situations. Right. And and what they were made to feel was that somehow they were not getting their fair share somehow. And somehow, you know, the easiest thing to do in those situations is to blame the person or the people that don't look like you. And when you have people in certain positions of power that benefit from the division of people and, and they are they're OK, they're OK where they are. But let me see how I can divide them over there to keep them occupied, keep them disjointed while that is an advantage for me. Right. Because if we're not working together, like we talked about, we need to be working together. These are California schools. These are California students. Right. We need to work together to ensure to the best of our ability that that we are prepared and that they're safe. Right. I, I just again, it. I'm really not ever at a loss for words, but these things are so perplexing and it's, it's so much. It seems so easy to just appeal to the consciousness of folks and they would do the right thing. But again, you continually have this other mechanism that churns to try to disavow that common sense or try to replace that common sense with with some type of rhetoric to the contrary. Yeah. We we have an an ambulance there. So I wanted to, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, that's a great point to take a break. We'll, We'll take a quick break and then we'll come right back. You're listening to Let's Chew the Gum, the podcast where we talk about everything from A to Z while we chew the gum. My special guest is CTA Vice President David Goldberg. We'll be right back. On Watch TV is the new and highly anticipated streaming channel on Roku and Amazon Fire Stick. 
On Watch TV is dedicated to bringing you a variety of lively and entertaining original content. Tune in to browse for music, comedy, drama, lifestyle, live events, documentary, and more. Premiering on Roku and Amazon Fire Stick, August 21st, 2021. Tune in.